Welcome back to another episode of the Dunkin' with Dom podcast. Quinn, welcome to the pod. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, Quinn, it has been a little bit since we had a you know a little NFL coverage here. I want to do kind of a couple big storylines that we've missed kind of from the past three weeks or so from football. Uh, the big one we could start off with, the one that has dominated headlines, the Patriots. No Tom Brady, no problem. They're back in action. What has been the thing standing out to you from the rise of New England back kind of in this AFC little playoff picture here? Yeah, so for me, it's all down to Mac Jones. Mac Jones is easily like one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks in his class, and he's showing it very, very clear through these uh, past few games. As we see, we see uh, Trevor Lawrence make a few mistakes here and there, Justin Fields. Uh, we see Zach Wilson when he was healthy. He was making mistakes, but Mac, um, Mac Jones just doesn't do that. So he's able to navigate that offense to the way Bill Belichick and Joshua Daniels want him to. Yeah, the one thing with this season that's kind of stood out to me is that it's been a big narrative this little bit is this, like, Mac Jones falls to pick 15. Like, a couple couple teams that really needed a QB pass up on him. And there were questions, like, is this guy the man to lead New England, kind of be the su- successor, I guess, to Tom Brady? He's done a great job so far. Yeah, he has. See, the one thing I will say, though, about Mac Jones, I don't think he has as high of a ceiling as he does with the other players in class. But I think in the system that he's in now, he is doing a perfect job in executing to the point that he, they want to. Well, and the thing with the, with Mac Jones that stands out to me is that he actually like kind of looks, as you put it to it, very M- uh, NFL-ready. Like, definitely not high ceiling, I'd argue. That might probably go to Justin Fields. But for the floor, though... Dude, this guy was M- the NFL, right? Like, this guy, like, knew, like, if you put him in the right system, surround him with, you know, the proper guys, he could at least be a placeholder. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even right now, he's about a, he could, has the chance of setting the um, record of the highest completion percentage of a rookie, which is currently held by Dak, but he's above Dak right now, I think by, like, a point and a half, I think, with 69%, which is pretty crazy. Well, and the other thing, too, is that they've been they've beaten the right teams, and the teams they've lost to have been really close. So if you look at the, kind of like their last six games, if you go back to the beginning of last month, so October, they lose to the Buccaneers by only two points, very dogfight, slow, offensive-type game. They beat the Texans, as expected. They lose to the Cowboys, but in an overtime game where they were pretty competitive the entire time, and that was a pretty good national televised game. Smoked the Patriot or the uh, Jets. Would they score fifty four points? They nuked the hell out of them. Beat the char a Chargers team that start off very very hot this year, and then they beat you know this Carolina and Cleveland teams. These two teams that are in the playoff mix. So like they've beaten some solid opponents. Like they're not like you know playing only the Jaguars, Texans, you know Jets like bottom feeders. They they've got some good wins under their belt. Yeah, definitely. I feel like those wins against. Um, both Cleveland and both the Chargers, I feel like that really cemented them that they're going to make the playoffs. That they're probably going to be a seven or six seed, and they're going to scrap it out with whoever they have to play. Yeah, my question to you, because you kind of alluded to it, what's the ceiling for this Patriots team? Because they've got kind of a fairly easy-ish schedule for the rest of the way. You know, they play the Jaguars, Dolphins at the end of the schedule. I'd argue their toughest slate's kind of this, you know, two games against the Bills and three games stretch in December. But they've kind of got an easy schedule here. So are, are we talking here like P- Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, like overrated record, they're going to lose early? Or does this team have some long-term potential here for the Super Bowl? I don't think they have Super Bowl, Super Bowl potential, but I could definitely see them upsetting someone in the first round of the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to win the AFC East, but let's say they stack up against, I mean, hell, even the Ravens. I feel like they, could, they have a chance of upsetting them if Bill Belichick figures out a way to stop uh, Lamar Jackson for a game. Yeah, they've been definitely a team to be in the headlines here. The other thing that stood out to me from like this little bit of like a hiatus, the Dallas Cowboys have been really good so far. I, I usually do AFC first and NFC, but the Dallas Cowboys – 
as a team alone, they've been the other team that's very shocking. What's been the thing with Dallas so far uh, toward this middle part of the year that you like the most? Yeah, so the return of Dak has been a huge part of that offense. See, last year they were struggling, just and the fact their defense was horrible. So they needed to put up like 30, 40 points a game to win each game, but they couldn't do that with Andy Dalton. But this year, Dak's got him going. He's got CD Lamb going. He's got every now and again, Amari Cooper's on my fantasy team. It's very streaky, but he, he has him <laughs> going a couple times. But so he's got that offense clicking. Uh, my, the one thing that I think also looks good about this team, their defense is very good. Like they, oh, they yeah. That's been, always been a problem with this team. It's like, oh, they gave up 30 points to, you know, Daniel Jones or, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, some of these, you know, QBs. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really sure they're actually good. And they, yeah. They've even had big block games, you know, to Tyler Taylor, or Heineke, some of those guys. They've also revamped that, uh, that part of their team as well. Oh, yeah, their defense with Micah Parsons now and the emergence of Trayvon Diggs, they're looking pretty good. Well, and the other thing that's shocking about this team that people forget is that they're not only seven and two, so they're, they've got kind of this, you know, they're kind of, they're a three seed right now in the uh, NFC if you look forward, but their schedule is very very easy toward the rest of the way too. Like they've got, you know, a Saints team that's frisky. They've got two games against Washington where when Washington looks like a good team one week and a crappy team the next week, they get the Eagles one time. So other than like this Cowboys game, they face their own NFC East four times. And then this Raiders-Saints duo where it's like, okay, they're good, but they've also fallen off a cliff, especially with the Raiders-John Gruden thing. The Saints-Jameis Winston's out there kind of, you know, putting a bandage at quarterback. So, I mean, for Sam, similar question and similar situation New England, what's the likelihood Dallas kind of goes far this upcoming playoff push? I make the case it's pretty high up there given that the NFC is a bit, of a bit more down than we thought it would this year. Yeah, they definitely have Super Bowl potential. I mean, you look at the two other top dogs in the NFC – well, actually, three top gods with the Rams. Rams just struggled on Monday night. You got the Buccaneers, which you see they just lost to Washington. And you got the Packers, which, I mean, they always look good in the regular season, but they always blow it in the NFC Championship game. So it's tough to say exactly, like, who's going to stop them. I mean, the, the Cardinals are looking good, but Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Callum Murray have never played in the playoffs before. They have no, like, uh, actual playoff experience, so it's really tough to say who's going to beat the Cowboys right now. Yeah, we'll have to be on the lookout for that. So I want to go back to week 10 here and go through the majority of the slate of games and figure out the ones that stand out to me. And the first one struck my mind because I never watched the game. I was out uh, that day. This Dolphins win over the Ravens. I know the Dolphins have been kind of, you know, a bottom feeder team. They're not the focus, but the Ravens scoring 10 points against a Dolphins team that's been bottom five this whole year. Is this a cause for concern for the Ravens? Because I feel like this has been their narrative the past couple of years. You know, it's like they make it to 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 12 and 4, but they're one of those teams where it's like they're going to lose in the first round. They don't have it, whatever that may be. Is this a concerning loss for the, Ra- uh, the uh, Ravens? See, all year the Ravens have been making comeback after comeback. I think they've had five comeback wins this year. I know they've they had to come back against the Lions. So for me, I really think that they are, they're either out in the first round or they're playing in the Super Bowl. It just comes down to how they get through each game. The other thing, too, is Lamar Jackson's the big bet in this because he's had some games where it's like, oh, he looks awesome. And then there's this game against the Dolphins where he throws 43 times and can't even break 250 yards. I mean, do you think Lamar Jackson's the top QB in the league? Are we talking, like, top seven here? Or are we more toward, like, top 15? Like, what's the range here for Lamar Jackson? I would say he's comfortably top 10. Uh, top seven, I would have to get out a whole list and really narrow it down. But I think he's definitely one of the top QBs in the league. You can see it with his legs, and you can see it now this year. He's definitely emerged as a better passer in that 450-yard game. I think that was against the Colts, where he just looked terrific. And if he does that every week in and week out, he 
he would be a top three quarterback, but he has to keep that consistency, go- consistency going. The other thing with this team, too, is you mentioned it a little. There's a very big high ceiling low floor for this team like this team could win the super bowl and i wouldn't be surprised this team could also like you know drop a wild card game against you know a titans team without derrick henry or something like that and i wouldn't be surprised either is that kind of what you're predicting that it's kind of like it's either all or nothing with this team yeah it's definitely boomer bust and just it really depends how their offense clicks that day in the defense and how their the the opposing team's defense is going to play lamar jackson that will be a team to watch out for. Uh, the next game I want to focus on is this Saints-Titans game because we've got two weird teams here. There's this Titans team that they lose Derrick Henry. You you don't think they're good, but then you look at the standings and it's like, holy crap, they're 8-2 and two and they're, they're first, and they're not only first, but they've got a couple games advantage here. I mean, you can elaborate on this, but this is clearly not a good AFC team itself or an AFC playoff team. I don't think they're competing for the Super Bowl. I really don't. I think that they're going to burn out eventually. I mean, they, they got the Saints without Jameis. I really don't think that they are they got that high of a ceiling. But they do have Julio Jones. They do have A.J. Brown. It's not like they don't have pieces on that offense. But Derrick Henry really was that guy on that team. He was the MVP. So it's tough to say that you're going to make the Super Bowl without your MVP. Well, not only was he the MVP, even if he wasn't an award winner, he was their glue guy when it came to everything. He led their team in, like, rush attempts and rush yards he was a league leader kind of in a lot of those categories for the past three or four years that's a lot of miles on this guy and now the question is if you're Tennessee where does that offense come from yeah I mean I know a lot of their plays it was Derrick Henry it was the defense worrying about if Derrick Henry's about to break out for a 70 yard 70 yard run that really opened it up for Tannehill now he doesn't have that now he has Adrian Peterson who's like 36 sitting in the backfield so it's really (laughs) tough to say like how they're gonna like compete in the playoffs without Derrick Henry not going to lie, I completely forgot about Adrian Peterson until you brought him up. I forget he's still – there's some guys in the league where I'm like, wow, I remember watching them, you know, 10 years ago, and they're still here. Holy crap. Like, Joe Flacco's also up there. When you hear Joe Flacco gets traded, you're like, wait, he's, still, he's not retired like five years ago? He's one, one of those guys. Um, my thing with Tennessee, too, is that they have a super weird schedule because they, they play in the AFC South, and that, that division is just a shit show because they've got Jacksonville and Te- – uh, Houston in there and then even the Colts it's like oh they Wentz doesn't scare me so it's like they're gonna have the inflated schedule and the question is when are they gonna drop I, I do think there's a certain cap on this team they're not making it past one playoff game I, I mean do you even see them going far at all yeah I see them losing their first playoff game I mean with their schedule going forward I think they have the lowest like winning percentage against the teams like their their opponents winning records the lowest out of any team so they could secure the number one spot and get a vibe but after that they're, they're done the next game I want to move on to, it was the worst game probably of this season by far and away. It was this uh, Detroit-Pittsburgh just dud where it was the t- it was horrible wind and rain conditions. It's probably the two worst QBs, or probably the worst QB matchup we've had this year, which is a 40-year-old Ben Roethlisberger and Jared Goff with, you know, one hand. So it was a pretty crap matchup. I mean, uh, did you even pay attention to this game? <laughs> I honestly did not. I mean, I don't. The Steelers for me, they don't scare me as a playoff team, and the, the Lions, the Lions. I feel bad for um, what's their coach's name? Oh my god, um, not. I keep thinking Dan Quill, but it's not. I gotta Google this now. Dan, his first name is Dan. Oh, Dan Campbell. There we go. Dan Campbell. I feel bad. I really want that guy to succeed, but and not this year. Well, the thing with this Detroit team is that, number one, the uh, the road to last continues because I think they're going to clearly miles away be the worst team in football. But it's like 
there's not even a guy in the draft that I'm like I think is worthy of being number one. Like there's not a queer like Trevor Lawrence or you know whoever you may want to name that's like oh this guy's a number one pick. Thank God we tanked our year this year. It's like I don't really see it. And Pittsburgh, this shit team somehow is still second in their division. Like they're somehow still going to be like a top six team in the, a top six seed. Is there even a chance they get far in the playoffs this year? I mean, I really don't think so. Again. Ben Ben Roethlisberger, he's done. I can't believe they they they, they let him play again. I'm surprised they didn't trade for some, any like quarterback like Russell or hell even Aaron Rodgers. I'm surprised that he's still the QB of the team. But um, they're going to make the playoffs, I think, because Cleveland's just dying right now. The Bengals, I I never thought that they were a playoff contender to begin with after their hot start. So I think they're going to squeak into the playoffs and get murdered their first game. Yeah, one thing I've noticed is with this division, the one we're going to get to, the AFC West, there's just a lot of teams that are 500 where it's like somebody's got to make the playoffs, like somebody has to represent. That's the downside to also having this expanded playoff thing is that there's going to be years where it's like, holy crap, did that team make it? Like, are they even like, in a normal year, they wouldn't be a playoff team. And now here they are, you know, they're the sixth seed. So I think that's the thing we're going to watch out for. Uh, The Bills beat the Jets unsurprising when the Bills needed it. Funny enough, the Bills are another Tennessee-type team where it's like they haven't played anybody good yet, but they have a good record. I mean, what's your thought on, you know, what the Bills are, what's the situation out of Buffalo? Because Josh Allen seems like a queer MVP favorite just because they have a good record. He's putting up decent stats, whatever. At the same time, though, there are a lot of concerns with this Bills team. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm from Buffalo. I'm a big Bills fan. So for me, when it comes down to Josh Allen, he is a very streaky player. Like, if you watched him last season, first four games, he was extremely hot. Next four games, cold. But the rest of the season, it was hot until I think the Ravens game, he kind of started to uh, die a little bit. But um, this season, he, he was all right the first two games. He, was, he wasn't great against the Jaguars. That was a horrible game to watch. But against the Jets, he, he was firing on cylinders. So it just comes down to his consistency. And this year, unlike last year, he has a strong defense around him. I think their defense is ranked number one. But it does come with like some of the horrible opponents that they played. But if they can keep it going, their defense is actually strong against teams like the Baltimore. Um, I mean, hell, they beat the Chiefs. So I can't even say like the Chiefs. But um, just as long as their defense is clicking and Josh Allen's actually playing to his uh, his level that he should be, they'll, they'll probably make at least the ch- AFC Championship if not the Super Bowl. Are are they the ba- the best team in the AFC? Like, are I because I, I really do think so. I think even though like I don't think they like are, I think just the other teams are so much worse. I mean, what's the case for Buffalo being the Super Bowl favorite this year? Yeah, um, I feel like this year is tough with the AFC. Like, you can, you like, oh, yeah, the Bills are the favorites, and they lose to Jacksonville. You can say the Ravens, oh, no, they just lost to the Dolphins. Chiefs were never hot, but they're finally, like, starting to click. So it's really tough to say who's going to come out of the AFC. It really just depends on who's who's hot in January and who's hot in February. Who's yeah. Win this? this team's also weird as hell, too, because if you look at their schedule, it's also a winner of, like, what happened. Like, it's kind of like they shook a random ball to pick the results because – they blow up the Texans, like the Texans will score a single point, and then they beat the Chiefs the next week, like dominatingly. So we're like, oh, here comes the turnaround. Then they lose to a Tennessee team without Derrick Henry. They beat a Dolphins team fine, very comfortably. Then they lose this Jacksonville game where they score six points. Like Jacksonville scores nine points and they win the damn game. It's ridiculous. And if you look at their schedule, I mean, your schedule is kind of interesting the rest of the way. They got the Colts and Saints, pretty frisky teams. Then they play the Patriots and Bucks back-to-back games. That's going to be interesting. Their schedule, it's weird. They get, like, super-duper hard games, and then they play the Falcons and Jets the last two weeks at home. So it's like there's a lot of outcomes here with what this uh, what this final stretch of the season could bring. 
Yeah, I mean, those Patriots games, I think Coach Sean McDermott is now scheduled. He's circling those games. He's telling his team, like, this is this is a team now. This isn't the Patriots team that we thought we were going to play. So I think they're going to be ready for those games. The Bucks again, they've got the, they've had that game circled since uh, that schedule came out. They're the Super Bowl. They just won the Super Bowl. So you got to schedule that game. Saints and Colts, I think they'll, they'll handle their business. Hopefully they won't drop a game out of those two. But I think they're going to crush the Pats at least in one of the games. It might be close to the other one. But the Bucks will be a fun one to watch. And then Falcons and Jets, I think they'll win those two comfortably. But you never know. Uh, you hinted at our next team here. The Bucks are next on the slate. They lose the last game to Washington by 10 points. Kind of a good win for Washington. They're now 3-6, and six, so they're still kind of... They can hopefully make a run and be like a wild card. That We'll kind of have to wait on that. But the big narrative, though... Tampa Bay losing two in a row. They're only a, a one, I guess, one game ahead for that NFC South division title. They're gonna probably be playing a wild card game because they're only fourth in division right or in the uh, NFC right now. Is this a, a sign of concern for Tampa? They haven't won in half a month. You know, Tom Brady isn't really carrying them as we thought he would, even though he's, he's getting up there in age. What's the situation out of Tampa Bay right now? Their defense is struggling right now. Their past, I mean, their past defense is not good. That's what it comes down to. They need to learn. They need to fix something. But um, I don't think that's a super-duper cause for concern. You see Tom Brady throughout the years. It's it's the regular season. He doesn't really care until after Thanksgiving. But um, it really just comes down to that. I think these last two games really like put the Packers as the, the, um, the people in the driver's seat for the NFC. Puts them in charge. So I think they're definitely going to come back towards playoff time. But right now, they're a little lower than they should be. Well, the other key stat, too, 4-0 at home, 2-3 and three on the road. So definitely that's another big thing to watch out for. Tampa Bay is an interesting team, too, because they have this also semi-weird schedule where they've got some easy games. They play the Giants, you know, the Colts, Falcons. These are some pretty easy teams. But then they've got two Panthers games and a Bills game. So this is another team where I honestly I could see how it went last year where they started off, you know, kind of around 500, maybe a game above, and then they just took off. Is that kind of what we're going to see again? Because based on the schedule, that what is what it might look like. I mean, with the schedule, I think it is. I think they might drop a game or two. I think they're going to be the clear winners of the NFC South. They're going to be competing for that number one seed. It really depends on how the other teams around them do. But um, I think they're going to be a two or three seed in the NFC and are going to be competing in the uh, NFC Championship game. The other uh, team from this game, the Washington football team, they're now 3-6. and six. They're, they're crawling their way up. They're only a half game behind the Eagles. You know, they're going to make their way up there. Uh, what's the likelihood Washington makes a playoff spot? They're, I mean, the NFC, I would say, toward the bottom is pretty wide open. Uh, they are the three games under five hundred. What's that likelihood looking like? Uh, I don't think it's very likely. I think the Panthers right now are the seventh seed, and I don't think that Washington is going to catch them or whoever is below them. I think they're going to... They're going to fall short. They might be around maybe 7, 10, and maybe 6 and 11. I think it is, yeah, with 17 games. Yeah, 6 and 11. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Well, his prediction is noted, so we'll have to keep that on the lookout for the next couple of weeks. The next game is a pretty notable one. It's the Patriots and the Browns. I think the focus, though, is on the Cleveland Browns for this scenario. We already talked about the Pats. What's going on in Cleveland? I mean, like, this team has high expectations going in. They have a pretty good year last year. They almost beat the Chiefs. They had that really good win against the Steelers. But kind of never had a good game so far, I'd say, this year. They've just been around 500, kind of just trying to crawl their way through. They've had some injuries, of course. But, you know, I'm. what's the deal with Cleveland here for this season? They got to get it going. The AFC is a lot more competitive for those wild card spots, and they really got to step it up. I don't know. Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's the guy anymore. He's, he's really has to show Cleveland that he they 
that he is the guy in order to get his paycheck. Because if they don't pay him, I don't see him getting a substantial contract from someone else. He's going to get a one-year deal, prove a deal. And if he's not good that year, then I think he's a he's a backup until someone else gives him a chance. So the narrative for Cleveland this year that we've seen, that I guess we saw this past week, was the Odell Beckham Jr. situation. We got it from the Rams' perspective, you know, um, oh, he's going to be added to the Rams, whatever, that was his team. But the focus, I think, is on Cleveland here. What's the look from Baker Mayfield? How does this look for Baker Mayfield that his best like target or one of his go-to targets just said, I want out, I'm going to tank my way out of here and go to a contender? Like, How does that look for Baker Mayfield when it comes to a new contract? To be honest, I think Odell kind of hurt Baker in a way because he felt Baker felt that he had to satisfy Odell when he was on the field. He felt like he had to feed him the ball, but now he doesn't necessarily have that worry anymore. That was something that played into it. Like last year after Odell got hurt, that team started to click. That they started to get going, but when Odell was on the field, it was sort of like, I need to give Odell the ball. And I think Baker is sort of in, in, in some way relieved that he doesn't have to like deal with Odell and have to like feed him the ball all the time. Uh, we'll get the conversation out of the way right now. But, I mean, is Baker a top half QB in the league? Do we think he's a top 15 guy? Because there, there's moments where it's like, absolutely, let's pay the guy. And then there's other moments where it's like, how is this guy starting? Yeah, I think he's hovering around that 15 mark, like 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. He's not necessarily too bad that you, that you want to like move on or have to think of a way out. But he's not too good where you want to give him that contract. So he really has to figure it out. What's more likely? Is it Baker Mayfield getting traded or is it Baker Mayfield getting the full-blown extension? So not because the likely path I think we'd both agree is the take a one-year deal and you know we'll like maybe franchise tag whatever the option is, but you know it's kind of like the one and done type situation. What's more likely though, a trade or a mega extension? I think an extension. I think the Cleveland has been looking for a QB for way too long, and they have a guy that's at least he can satisfy you as he can be all right as a QB. I think Cleveland doesn't want to let that go. So I feel like they're going to extend him, even if they probably shouldn't. Uh, We'll focus on the uh, OBJ perspective here. He goes to L.A. He's now in this Rams team that lost Robert Woods. What is your expectation for how he's going to perform in L.A. with Matthew Stafford at the helm? See, it's tough to say. I Honestly, Odell has not been producing the way that he should be at his age right now. And with the introduction of Matthew Stafford, who has a much better arm than Baker, it's going to be interesting to see and just how long he's going to learn the playbook, how fast uh, Matt Stafford's going to click with them. You can see how Matt Stafford just clicked with Cooper Cup, and now Cooper Cup is one of the best wide receivers in the, in the NFL. It just depends how uh, Matthew Stafford's going to click with Odell. If he's going to be that guy in, in L.A., I don't think so, but I think he's going to be a solid second option. Yeah, no, that's definitely the guy I'm watching out for because he's kind of like one of these. I mean, I'm a huge NBA guy. He's kind of like one of those NBA buyout guys that like can make a difference in a finals team, like as like a seventh man. He's that's that's his ceiling. He could be a difference maker, but it's more like you take a flyer on him and see how it goes. If you move down the list of games, Cowboys easily beat the Falcons by 40 points. We've already touched a little bit on Dallas and Atlanta. The next game though is the interesting one because the Panthers they're up. They win by 24 over the Cardinals. Another one of these big important games out of the NFC. So the Panthers are still in the mix for a playoff spot, and they've had a, re- a really very, very weird year. They started off hot, uh, they've cooled off a bit, now they're just right at 500, now they've crawled back from that spot. What are your thoughts kind of on Carolina as just like any sort of like mini playoff team, could be on upset or whatever it may be? Uh, I don't see them necessarily upsetting anyone in the playoffs, but they could sneak in that seventh seed. I mean, they got Cam now, and I think that's going to be an interesting thing with uh, Cam back in the helm in uh, Carolina and how he adjusts to their playbook. Because obviously it's a much different system than it was when he was in Carolina. 
So it's just about him adjusting. I mean, Matt Rule was a college college uh, um, head coach. So his style is a little bit more um, like he's more of a runner, a little bit similar to college. So I feel like he's not – the system's going to suit him well. But I don't see them necessarily upsetting anyone when it comes to playoff time. Well, you, you alluded to it. The big addition, of course, is Cam Newton. They bring him back out, kind of out of the blue. I was like, whoa, he's here now. So, I mean, Sam Darnold, he is out. I don't think he was much of a big guy. He kind of cooled off after that really had, like, hot three-game start. Is Cam Newton going to make a difference for this team in terms of, you know, any wins? I think he's definitely an improvement over Sam Darnold. We saw Sam Darnold over these last two games. He was just horrible. Dude, is, he's just not a starting quarterback. And I think Cam is definitely going to show an improvement from that. But to say that he's going to lead them to like um, that, even the divisional round in the playoffs is kind of a bit of a stretch. All right, we'll move on to the other team here, which is Arizona. I don't think did Kyle Murray play these past couple of weeks. I feel like he's been out for a little bit. I I got to fact check me on that. I know he was hurt for the Niners game. Uh, I want to say that he was in the game against Carolina. But he but he looked at crap because they only scored ten points. I mean, Kyle Murray. The narrative with him, of course, was the great start. Uh, for that season, he's you know, for this season he's looking really good. But now Arizona's they're eight and two, but they're only you know a little bit ahead of the Rams. They're they're kind of slipping a bit from that top spot. I point the question kind of with a lot of these teams: Is Arizona a true contender out in the NFC for a title? Uh, I think that they could sneak in to the championship game. But the whole thing is, is that they're they're a team that lack experience. Even some of their veterans on the team, they got JJ Watt who. Who got hurt, but now he's a locker room presence. He's only played in a handful of uh, playoff games, and I think he's only won one. So to say that they're going to be competing for the Super Bowl is really hard when your quarter when your uh, coach has never coached in a NFL playoff game and your quarterback has never played in an NFL uh, playoff game. So it's really tough to say that they're going to be the guys. Except, I mean, when you look at Kyler, he has been pretty successful his entire career as a quarterback. Looking at making the playoffs in uh, Oklahoma, I think he was undefeated as a high school QB. So he has. He's used to being able to compete for a championship, but in the NFL, it's a different beast. So I don't think that they're necessarily competing for a Super Bowl. Well, the coaching bit's excellent because we saw this a lot last year where this team literally could not find a way to execute in the clutch. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's what comes down to it. Even the game that they beat, beat the Bills in, they, they just lost it towards the end, and they got bailed out by a lucky Hail Mary. So they let the Bills – the Bills were winning that game – Cardinals came back from the Bills, stole the game away from them, and they just got lucky. So they just don't really know how to close out games. I feel like that's going to be evident come playoff time. There's five more games on the slate here. Vikings beat the Chargers. Now, this is a weird game just because the Vikings and Chargers are two pretty interesting teams. The Vikings had this weird stretch where it's like they could be like three games above 500, but then they've had close losses. There's the missed field goal at the end of one of those games early on against Seattle. This Chargers team starts out red hot, and now they're last in their division, and it's like, holy crap, is this team going to miss the playoffs type of mode? Which team is the one that stands out to you the most in terms of biggest disappointment? Is it the Vikings having some unfortunateness in the beginning of the year, or is the Chargers cooling off uh, not being so hot this last couple weeks? I was really excited about the Chargers. I I was a big fan of Justin Herbert. Those Chargers, those Charger jerseys, but... um... You see the it's just they're just kind of dying. I mean, that's what you get when you get a, a first-year NFL coach and a second-year QB. They're not really used to clicking for the entire season, but I do think they're going to make a little bit of a comeback. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think right now they're in the seventh seed, I want to say, for the um, AFC. They might be the eighth. I'm not totally confident in that statement, but they're sitting around there competing. I think they're going to sneak in. 
maybe uh, play a close game, but I don't think they're going to win their wild card game. Well, they have they do have a chance. If you look at their schedule, they play this. The the key game is the one we'll get into in a little bit. But the Steelers game coming up this week, where it's like, here's a chance to beat a like overrated AFC top six opponent, you know, on their home court before they go and do this weird schedule because they do play the Giants and the Texans. They've got that advantage, but then it's like. Broncos twice, the Bengals are frisky, they're going to be competitive, the Chiefs, you've got a game against them, oh, even Oakland, their last game of the season, it's like, Oakland, listen, even after John Gruden, they're still going to fight, it's like, you kind of need to capitalize on this now before later. Yeah, exactly, I think the Giants, um, the, those Broncos games, I think they're going to be, I think the Broncos aren't very good, so I think they'll be able to put them away, and the Raven, and the Raiders, i it's happened the last three or four years. They're hot in September. They're a little hot in October. But come December time, they're not a good team. So I think the same thing's going to happen this year. And I think they're going to be six or seven in the AFC come January, mid-January. Uh, the next game on the sway here is the Seahawks-Packers game. So the big story is the Russell Wilson situation. So the last time we had an NFL pod was actually the week he did get injured. So now he's back. It's been about a month. I mean, does Russell Wilson even look remotely, like, within the stratosphere of, like, the same as he was, like, this past, you know, kind of earlier in the year? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't think that team's going to make the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to be even competing for the playoffs. I mean, he, he just saw those stories where he's like, I was rehabbing my finger for 18 hours a day, which that's ne- That's crazy. never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, but um, they, he, wants to, he wants to be on the field. He wants to be that guy, and he is that guy, but I think it's going to take another week for him to really settle back into the, to the NFL and settle back into his uh, sort of game game mentality and his game uh, to, to where he wants it to be. So they're going to lose probably the next game, and I think they're probably sitting at, like, I want to say they're, they would be 3-7 and seven at that point, and I don't think the 3-7 and seven team is going to come back and make the playoffs. Well, the other thing is that they could just tank this year. I, I really think they should because if you look at it, Russell Wilson, I mean, what's the Russian, you know, you know, you rush him back on the field for him to be, what, 60%? And we saw with this past game that, like, he can't really be that guy. And then, if you look through the entire NFC, there's only one team that's worse than them, and that's the Detroit Lions at the 0-8-1 mark. Every other team, the next worst team is all 3-6. and six. It's the Giants, it's the Redskins, or excuse me, it's the football team. I forgot we can't, yeah, they changed their name. It's the Bears. Those sorts of teams, they're at least going to compete. If you're Seattle, I mean, wouldn't you want to kind of, you know, regress the mean and kind of be the next worst team in the NFC just for this one little half year? The only problem I have with that is that Russell Wilson's going to want to leave. And if you're the Seahawks, you want to satisfy Russell Wilson in any way possible. And I think he's going to be wanting, he's want to go out on the field. He's want, he's going to want to compete. He's going to want to win games and try and compete for that playoff seed. But if you, if you may, if you have to tank, then I don't think Russell Wilson is the QB going forward he's going to demand a trade even last year there was rumors that he was going to get out of seattle but i think those rumors would turn out to be true if they started tank the other thing that i think that's pretty important is with the seattle team the russell thing's always been the news for a little bit. even last year where it's like they won you know 11 games or 12 games and they overachieved a little bit there was always still like the russell you know looming like oh he's he's gone from the team he, he, they're gonna trade him they're gonna move him the rumors are there are, are these rumors even feasible, or is there really a big chance that he could be gone by next year? I mean, I don't think he's too happy with the organization. I really don't. I don't think he has enough protect. He doesn't think he has enough protection. Look at the running game. Chris Carson's always hurt. It's not, the running game doesn't really get going, and that's what Pete Perra likes. He likes his running game. And um, I don't think he likes the defense. The defense has been horrible these last two years, and it's something that you need to have if you want to win the Super Bowl. So I think come 
in a couple in like um not maybe not next year but the year after i don't think he's 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 not gonna finish his career in seattle i'll tell you that well, and the other thing, more importantly, he's 32. So you've got to admit here that probably age plays a big factor, too. It's like, if I'm going to, like, you know, be the best guy on a title team, this is my one shot at it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's it. That's what it comes down to. He's thinking to himself, I have maybe five, six years left where I can compete at a Super Bowl winning level. And he I mean, he knows that deep down. So he's, he's going to want to be on a team that lets him do that. The uh, last couple of games here, the Eagles have a very good win. I mean, hey, the Eagles, you know, for all the crap we give them, they're 4-6, and six and they're kind of, you know, hanging in there. I mean, this Eagles seems kind of frisky. I kind of like them. Yeah, I mean, like he's going to say, Jalen Hurts leading the charge. Uh, um, it's a team I really didn't see coming. It's a team that I thought was going to be kind of competing, maybe not for that last, last spot in the NFC, but definitely not a top seed and definitely not 4-6. and six. I would have seen them at maybe like 2-8, and eight, somewhere around there, but hey. They're winning games. There's nothing wrong with that. It helps solidify your uh, locker room around the coach and around the quarterback. So not a bad thing. Well, they also have, I think, our Dolphins pick as a Miami fan where they kind of, you know, they lucked into that where it's like Miami kind of underwhelmed this year. And it's like, oh, look, they got a – so there really is no incentive to tank for this team. Yeah, I think they had um, – they have another pick too. And they almost – at one point in the season, they had three picks in the top ten. Yeah, well, well they've got a rebuild going there. And they might be looking for a, a Jalen Hurts replacement, I would argue, because – He's shown moments, but he's also, I don't know, we got to figure out if yet he's the guy in Philly. And that leaves us with two interesting games. There's this Chiefs game where it's like the Chiefs are back. You know, they've won, I think it's, let me try to think off the top of my head, three in a row. So they've won three in a row. They're two games above 500. Are the Chiefs back? Can we safely say that the Chiefs are the Super Bowl contenders, or are they kind of, you know, a little uh, smoke for mirrors team? I mean, I think they're back at least. I think they finally got that offense clicking the way that Patrick Mahomes wants it to. He's not having to do everything. That was the big thing when they were struggling was that they didn't really have the chance for him to really sit in the pocket and throw. It was a lot of him just improvising, him having to run and scramble. So I think this year they've, they've got it going finally throughout these last last um, eight weeks, nine weeks where they were kind of struggling. I mean, you can allude to this, but the one thing I noticed with this team is that fatigue definitely got to them. The The run of, you know, making it to three AFC title games in a row, making it to the last two Super Bowls, winning one and then dropping one, this team looked pretty gassed. And I think the one problem with this team I've noticed is that if one guy goes out, the whole thing kind of breaks down. Yeah, I mean, um, even their acquisition of um, <clears throat> Orlando Brown Jr., they saw him as a little bit more of a stronger uh, left tackle than he is. He's, he's a big run guy, but which was big in Baltimore, but he's not as good of a, of a, as a pass guy as I, I think the Chiefs wanted him to be. That's not to say that he's not a good offensive lineman, but he's not what they necessarily hoped he was going to be. The other thing, too, is that Mahomes looked kind of, like, bad this year. Like, just straight up, he looked like he was, like, 85% of himself. So I hopefully think he's back to normal. The, the other question, though, is that – so the Chiefs are still – I think within striking distance to be a one seed if Buffalo, you know, can't win these games against the Patriots and it's competitive and uh, maybe Tennessee falls off a cliff a little bit. Is it likely that Kansas City could still be a one seed even after this shaky start where, you know, they're way below 500 and they look they kind of look below expectations? Like, is there a chance it could still be a one seed? Uh, I don't necessarily see them being a one seed. I really don't. I don't think they're going to have the, the wins necessarily pull that off. But they'll definitely be a... Two, three, four team, probably around two or three. But I don't see them necessarily being the top seed in the AFC. 
Uh, the other team in this game is the Raiders. So the Raiders, they've slipped up a bit. I never got to talk about it with you because it happened a long time ago, but the John Gruden thing was a big deal. I mean, if you're a team, how do you kind of recover from that situation where it's like this guy has been on your team for a decade, you know, spewing all this crap, and now he's just gone? Like, how do you rally yourself when that's kind of lo- the, been the, the looming thing, even though it's been, you know, Derek Carr's been very good this year and they've had a strong kind of multi-sided you know, both offense and defense have been good, but how does the team recover from a situation like this? Uh, it all comes down to them having faith in someone in either the locker room or the coaching staff. And I think a big part of that is Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr, from his interviews, is a very likable guy. He's a very he's a guy you want to root for. And his his on the play field has shown that he's also a dude on the field. He's he's a pretty good player. So I think he's he's been able to at least rally them for these last couple of weeks. But I don't think it's gonna do anything long term after they just start losing and once they start losing i think the season's over i think this this game against the chiefs might not put the nail in the coffin but it's got the nail sitting right next to the coffin ready to just put it in well the other thing with this raiders team too is that they started off five and two and now it's like they went from top three four seed to now sneaking even into the playoffs and their division's also i think one of the most maybe not most talented but most most competitive because even the broncos at five and five it's like they're gonna try every game the raiders and chargers i think are on the equal playing field and the chiefs are the chiefs so it's like that division is a bloodbath yeah, and I think that that definitely hurts them when it comes down to trying in the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to be definitely competing come week 16, 15 for that seventh seed, but I don't think they're going to get it. Uh, the last game on the slate for week 10 is this Rams-Niners game. The Niners get a pretty good win that they needed, so they're – Four and five, they're hanging in there, even if, though, I don't think this team's really that good. But the storyline, though, is the Rams are seven and three. They've lost two in a row, and now I've got concerns about them because they've been my Super Bowl favorite. Kind of dark horse. I've always had faith in Stafford if he had the team, especially with that team. I mean, is that still the case? Can we argue that the Rams are still kind of a pretty big favorite in this uh, NFC uh, uh, conference? Uh, for me, the favorites of the NFC are the Packers. I think that Aaron Rodgers has been so far that guy, even if he's even with all the off the field stuff. But I think the Rams are definitely in second, even after these last two games. Once they have a good game, they're going to get their confidence back up. They're going to be on top of their game again. It's just the rough couple weeks. <clears throat> we we kind of forgot to talk about them, so that's a good kind of end team here. The Packers, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers thing happened, whatever, but they're they're a pretty good team, you know. They're eight and two, and it's like even after all the drama, this team just knows how to win games. Yeah, I mean that first week where everyone was like, "Oh yeah, the Packers are over," but uh, the, they have only lost one game since that one game. Jordan Love was the quarterback, so I think that they're gonna. If Aaron Rodgers is gonna win one more Super Bowl, this is the year. This is the year he has to do it. Yeah, that's the funniest thing about this team is that they're eight and two, and their two losses were the week that Jordan Love had to play, and then week one where they just got nuked out of nowhere by the Saints. Like Jameis Winston throw, well, he rushes for like five touchdowns or throws for like five touchdowns, whatever it was, and now they're back and they've won seven of their last eight. Or what is it? No, it's eight of their no eight of their last nine, and they look really good and they're the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, is this the year for the Packers? Um, for me, I think out of the last couple of years, I think this is. For me, I really can't think of a Super Bowl like favorite. I think each team has their flaw, and for me, I think the Packers have the least amount of flaws. So if they're going to win one more, this is it. This is it for Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. So, we'll start with two uh, two final questions here. The first of which is in the AFC. 
there's a lot of big games to go through. I don't want to go through all of them because uh, there literally are a lot of key ones. But what is the AFC team that's standing out to you to watch out for this coming week? And this could be for whatever reason. It could be for entertainment purposes. It could be for when it comes to playoff seeding or just wanting to see if a contender's back or whatever. What's the team you're watching out for this week for football in the AFC? I'm definitely watching the Patriots. I want to see how they do. How they if they want if this if they keep this momentum going if they lose it if they're really going to be that playoff team that could upset someone in the in the wild card round. I just want to I want to know if they're going to be that team. But well, they 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 have a key game. They play the Falcons tomorrow. I'm recording this uh, in Atlanta, so that could be a good game again to get another win under their belt. Secure a you know five game winning streak be seven and four that's a pretty big game there and more importantly take the spot from the bills of being back in the afc of the lead for the afc east point the same question to you for the nfc what's the team you're looking out for last question uh for me it's the rams i want to see them bounce back i want to see them succeed and have their offense click and their defense too the defense was not that good against the against this against san francisco even if their offense has given them a little bit of yards giving them a touchdown here with that pick six but I want to see them come back full force and take the take the reins in the NFC. Yeah, they have a bye this week, but I think the key game though is the pack. They play the Packers like next week during Thanksgiving break. Like pretty big game on the road. We'll have to watch out for that. Well, Quinn, this was your first time in the pod. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks for having me.